Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome back to F1 Every Week. I am your host, Ben Wevel, and today I'm going to be analysing and reviewing round 20 of the 2022 Formula One World Championship, the Mexican Grand Prix. The race was first on the calendar in 1963, won by Jim Clark at Mexico City's Magdalena Mixhuka as the F1 season finale, and continued on until 1970, returning a decade and a half later under the new name Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez, paying tribute to the great racing family who were sadly lost uh, during their careers. The state of the track declined over the following years and the race was cancelled until it rose once again, redesigned by Herman Tilke for 2015. Max Verstappen has won the Grand Prix three times, including in 2021, which saw carnage at turn number one, with Bottas spun out by Ricardo. You can listen to the podcast on the streaming platform of your choice, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Now, without further ado, let's get into episode 80. There is a lot to unpack before this Grand Prix weekend, but the cost cap was again the first order of business. After a few weeks of waiting, the FIA revealed that Red Bull had failed to account for £5.3 million worth of excluded costs in 13 areas, including uh, cost of use of the power units and, according to Christian Horner, sick pay for a certain member of staff, as well as catering services. However, the FIA conceded that Red Bull have effectively implemented their notional tax credit, bringing the breach down to £463,000. For this minor breach of the cost cap, Red Bull were handed a £7 million fine, which they are required to pay within the next 30 days, alongside a 10% wind tunnel and CFD penalty which brings their testing time from 70% of 7th place as the Constructors' Champion to 63% of 7th place. In a press conference on Friday morning, Christian was again trying to appeal to our cold, cold hearts, and even though I can see that Red Bull have made a mistake in terms of their accounting, someone's going to be fired, the, hypothes- the hypothesis excuse me, that this change had no effect on the car's performance, is completely preposterous. And as one of the biggest teams in Formula 1, they need to do a more thorough job in upholding the law. Aston Martin have also been reprimanded for their procedural breach and were fined $450,000 in an accepted breach agreement, which Red Bull also fell to the 
bureaucratically wordedness of. Back in August, it was announced that Audi would uh, be the power unit supplier of Sauber from 2026 onwards. But it was also revealed on Wednesday that Sauber would become Audi's official work team, works team, and and that Audi Audi planned to purchase a stake in Sauber Group. In my opinion, it's very wise that Audi have swooped in in such a way, as they now have a built-in infrastructure with which to work uh, as a new team, rather than being forced to start from scratch, as many of the failed uh, Formula 1 teams from the early 2010s, um, they did not have this inbuilt uh, infrastructure with which to work. It still remains to be seen whether or not Porsche are able to weasel their way into Formula 1, but this move from Audi could be a catalyst for a host of manufacturers attempting to enter the sport before the regulation shift of 2026. Alpine was fuming after a Haas protest against Fernando Alonso's wing mirror in the US Grand Prix resulted in a 30-second time penalty for the Spaniard, stripping him of his excellent recovery to 7th place. However, this decision was reversed on Friday, as it was revealed that Haas uh, had lodged their protest 52 minutes after the Grand Prix rather than the allotted half an hour, invalidating the claim and uh, gifting that P7 back to Fernando. Has team principal Gunther Steiner added another twist to the tale in Friday practice as he revealed that the race director himself, Niels Wittich, had been informed, uh, sorry, had informed the team that uh, they were able to. Uh, process with uh, with an hour. Uh, you know they were able to protest the um, the uh, wing mirror of Fernando Alonso within an hour after after the race. So this connotes that the that house have been led astray, and with Kevin Magnussen having been given the black and orange flag on multiple occasions in the past, I'm sure that Gunther feels very hard done by after this decision was made. The FIA have been making an absolute mockery of things in the past few years and need some stability if they are going to to make this new era comfortable for fans, drivers and teams alike. Once more, this weekend saw a number of young drivers take part in Free Practice 1. Liam Lawson, who is currently 7th in the Formula 2 Championship, entering the final round in Abu Dhabi, secured a 16th in the Alpha Tauri, but stopped on track with 3 minutes remaining in the session, bringing out the red flag, and setting fire to his brakes in the process. Logan Sargent was just behind the Kiwi in the Williams, and Nick DeVries, who joins Alpha Tauri next year, was P18 in the Merck. Jack Doohan was confined to the garage for the majority of the session as Alpine saw an abnormal spike in the power unit data and he was joined in an early exit by Pietro Fittipaldi in the Haas who suffered an MGUK failure, stopping out on track and only putting in a lap time uh, good enough for being two seconds behind any other driver and six seconds behind Sainz in P1. 
Charles Leclerc had a major crash at turn 8 during the FP2 tyre test, bringing out the red flag and resulting in heavy damage for both the Tecbro barriers and the rear of Charles's car, after taking second in the initial session. This is yet another major mistake from Charles and will have ruined his confidence uh, going into what might, might have been one of the most competitive Grand Prix of the season as Mercedes were always likely to be in the mix thanks to their newly revised front wing design which saw George Russell take fastest in the final two practice sessions, um, FP3 being a 1-2 for the Mercs, who were looking uh, at home despite uh, being at a drag-centred circuit. Zhou Guan Yu was struggling in free practice as well, pulling off the track at the stadium section with hydraulic failure in FP2, his second incident of the weekend, after stopping at the end of the pit lane on Friday morning. He hit another wall uh, prior to qualifying, not literally, complaining about an issue uh, before he left the garage in FP3. Aston Martin are looking menacing at the moment, drawing ever closer to Alfa Romeo in the championship, so the team really have to iron out these problems if they want to re-increase uh, the gap to 7th place. Another team who have fallen to the mighty Aston Martin is Haas, and Kevin Magnussen was forced to take a 5-place grid penalty after the car uh, stopped on track with Pietro Fittipaldi in the cockpit in FP1, with Schumacher also experiencing some issues uh, as he spun out at turn 11, flat-spotting his tyres, another in a long line of mistakes, which could see Nico Hülkenberg back in Formula 1 for 2023. Finally, aptly for this weekend, F1 announced that the Mexican Grand Prix would remain on the calendar until 2025. Mexico is often a bit of a hit-or-miss race, but with the increased appeal created by Checo, it was always likely to make a return. Now on to qualifying, and Verstappen led early on, with a time in the low 119s, but Schumacher was eliminated. Despite going uh, sixth to start off with, he had his lap time deleted for track limits at turn two, whilst his teammate, who would take a grid penalty anyway, made it through. Both Aston Martins and Williams cars were also eliminated, with Albon in 19th going off the track on his final flyer. Whilst this is Sebastian Vettel's first qualifying session in Mexico outside of the top 11, his teammate Lance Stroll has still been unable to surpass Q1 since his debut at the circuit in 2017. Hamilton led Q2, whilst Ricardo was knocked out again, with a fourth straight lap time outside of the top 10. Joe qualified decently on his first outing in Mexico City in 12th, and the two Alpha Tauris took their second double Q2 knockout in a row. K-Mag's 15th is the first time a Haas car has made it into the second stage of quali in Mexico, but it would all be for nothing due to that engine penalty. Finally, for Q3, and Verstappen led the whole way through, securing P1 with a 117.7, his first pole position in Mexico. Mercedes had one of their best qualifying sessions of the season with 2-3, and three, 
Russell also having looked on for pole had it not been for a mistake at turn 12 which scuppered his uh, final flying lap. Toto Wolff said that Mexico was Mercedes' best chance for a win this season and this put them in a great position to challenge Verstappen on Sunday. Perez equalled his best qualifying at his home Grand Prix with fourth followed by the two Ferraris with Sainz in front, split by Valtteri Bottas, who took his best grid position since Miami, and his second top ten in a row. Norris was P8, his ninth Q3 appearance on the bounce, beating out the two uh, Alpine rivals. Now on to my driver of qualifying, and it's Valtteri Bottas. There were numerous murmurings up and down the grid that the Alfa Romeos would be quick this weekend, but P6 from Valtteri shows us that he can pull results out of the bag, despite his serious mid-season slump. Whilst Aston Martin powered forward, the promise of points is a necessary one if Sauber wish to remain in P6 in the standings when the chequered flag falls in Abu Dhabi. Now for my team of qualifying, and it's Mercedes. Even though Toto set his sights on pole and the win, a 2-3 in front of both Ferraris is a good step in the right direction. And, as I commented on earlier, it stood them in great stead for at least a podium, if not the win on Sunday. Finally, for my struggle of qualifying, and it's Alex Albon. Alongside Alfa Romeo, Williams were dubbed as the surprise package of the weekend, with positive performances at high altitude, heavy straight-line speed circuits in the past. But a mistake cost Alex dearly. With Aston Martin and Haas struggling this weekend, I think it could have been an easy Q2 for the tie driver. Now onto the race itself, and it was Max Verstappen who broke the record for the most victories in one season, with 14, bringing his lifetime tally up to 34 in the process, as well as breaking the record for the most points scored in one season. The Dutchman now sitting at 416, compared to Hamilton's 2019 total of 413. The now two-time world champion is over 136 points uh, ahead of his Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez, who took his second podium in a row at Mexico, his 10th of the year, just behind Lewis Hamilton, who moved four points past Carlos Sainz to fifth place in the Drivers' Championship with second. Verstappen led from the line, whilst George Russell who finished the race fourth, his fourth Grand Prix without a podium, dropped two places from lights out, thanks to a beautiful move around the outside from Checo and Lewis Hamilton getting in the, uh, his fellow Brit's way at the start of the Grand Prix. The home hero pitted for the first time on lap 24, but a five-second stop cost the Mexican a solid chance at second place come the checkered flag, even though he swiftly set about rectifying his team's error with a pass on Leclerc for fifth three laps later. Verstappen was complaining about his soft compound tyres for the entirety of the first third of the race and came in to change them for some new mediums on lap 25, coming out in third place. 
Hamilton went onto the hards from the lead of the race on lap 29, and this decision would definitely come back to bite him. As the Brit was unable to catch up to Verstappen in the closing stages of the race, Lewis airing out his frustration at the team strategy call for the majority of the remaining 52 laps. Russell came in for his first stop on lap 34, extending his medium stint in order to have fresher rubber at the end of the Grand Prix, but his team would again select the incorrect hard tyres, which, as always, performed dreadfully for every driver who was forced to use them. He came in again on lap 70, cutting his losses and taking the fastest lap of the Grand Prix. The Ferraris were 5-6, and six, their first race outside of the podium places since Hungary, but also the first time Sainz has seen the chequered flag in three Grand Prix. This brings the Scuderia to within uh, Mercedes's range, as the German outfit are now 40 points behind, and drops Leclerc behind Perez in the driver's standings as well. The strategy was relatively simple for Ferrari this time around, with a mid-race one-stop for both drivers and some easy overtakes, resulting in a meagre 18 points. The McLaren and Alpine battle was reignited in Mexico, with the two in Papaya split by the Frenchman Esteban Ocon. Lando Norris dropped to 10th place at the start of the Grand Prix, and Alonso progressed up to 7th, before Ricardo made a move on Zhou Guan Yu for 12th on lap 9 at turn 1. Norris pitted on lap 32, Ocon doing the same two traversals of the track later, the pair also attaining symmetrical moves at turn 1 on lap 39, on Albon and Gasly respectively. Alonso was third, uh, was the third of the quartet to box on lap 41, but he would be unable to return to the pit lane at the conclusion of the Grand Prix, as he retired with a dramatic engine failure at turn one on lap 65, his third DNF in the past five races, bringing out the VSC. Ocon passed Bottas for P10 on lap 42, before breezing through Joe five laps later. Daniel Ricciardo finally made a stop on lap 46, before colliding with Sonoda at lap, uh, on lap 51 at turn 6. The Aussie going down the inside of the AlphaTauri driver for 11th, which resulted in terminal side pod damage for Yuki. Daniel was handed a 10 second time penalty for this infringement, but took it in his stride, coming alive on his new set of softs, being let through by his teammate before dispatching Bottas and the two Alpines, building up a 10 second buffer to Ocon in 8th for his 6th point finish of the season. This this brings him to within one point of Vettel uh, for 11th in the WDC, and combined with his teammate Norris's 9th place, this brings McLaren to within 7 points of Alpine in the World Constructors' Championship as well. Valtteri Bottas rounded out the top 10, his first point since Canada, and one which may prove crucial in Alfa Romeo's uh, fight with Aston Martin for sixths in the uh, Constructors' Championship. Pierre Gasly missed out on points for the third race running by only six tenths, thanks to a fifth uh, 
uh, a fifth five-second time penalty this season, uh, which required, uh, which was required as he forced Lance Stroll off the track whilst attempting to pass the Canadian on lap 13. Alex Albon was a strong P12 despite having started near the back of the grid, and Joe couldn't capitalise on the pace of his Alfa Romeo, finishing the day in 13th place. The two Aston Martins followed, with a magical recovery not on the cards on Sunday, and the Haas cars again finished near the back, with only two points from their previous nine Grand Prix. Nicholas Latifi was, once again, the last of the finishers. Now onto my driver of the race, and it's Daniel Ricciardo. This year has been dire for the Australian driver, but there have been some flashes of brilliance, with P5 at Monza and 6th at his home Grand Prix. And in a race in which only two cars retired, and he was forced to shake off a 10-second time penalty, P7 is class. Now for my team of the race and its McLaren. Even though Lando Norris would uh, be leaving Mexico relatively unhappy, the team have had a great day, uh, closing right up to Alpine in the championship with their second double points finish in four races. Finally, for my struggle of the race and its Charles Leclerc. The Ferrari power units were turned right down this weekend, with neither driver anywhere near challenging for the podium places. But when considering how strong Leclerc was looking at the start of the season, and where he was now, unable to even beat his teammate, nearly a lap down on the race leader, and losing P2 in the World Drivers' Championship to Checo, his year has become a sorry sight. Thank you for listening to F1 Every Week. Tune in next week for more F1 news. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.